Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Like it is show. Happy Easter, 2021. Good to have you listening tonight. I've got. I left a house full of company at my house. There must be <laughs> 35 people there. But we had a great day today. Great church service. We had a meal after church, and um, 
I encouraged everybody, if they had Easter plans already, to go do those. But but we also had a whole bunch stay around and had a great meal. And um, excited about that, excited about the service. All the new people in church today and all the people that I haven't seen for a long time in church today. And I was so fired up. If you want to make Pastor Bob happy, uh, bring new people to church. And I get pretty happy. And I was happy today. And it was just so good to see them. If you don't know who I am, I guess I'm not that famous, so I'll have to tell you, Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. We are broadcasting live on an AM station here in Dickinson, which is also being picked up on the Internet and also on Holy Ghost Radio. And later, you can hear it on podcasts sometimes. And so we are, um, that's how, that's who I am. Our church is a uh, awesome apostolic Pentecostal church. We believe in the plan of salvation that the apostles of Jesus himself had promoted. Uh, certainly, Acts 2.38 is a concise scripture that leads us to what they taught people to do to be saved. Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We still believe that. And we'd love to have you come and visit us Tuesday night this week at Beach, North Dakota. That's 60 miles west of Dickinson at the Beach Community Center. Wednesday night in Dickinson, 501 Elks Drive, right on Interstate 94. Can't miss it. And then we have um, Church in Bowman at uh, 18 North Main in Bowman. Thursday nights at 7.30, Sunday mornings at 10.30. Sunday mornings in Dickinson at 10 10 o'clock is Sunday school. 11 o'clock is the worship service. We'd love to have you come. You want to make Pastor Bob happy, come to church. I do get happy. And I, nothing makes me more excited than to see brand new people, and it seems like we see them all the time, and I'm excited about that. Got a lot of people listening tonight, which you can let me know that you're listening, and you can let me know simple messages. Text me, 701-290-7862 is my message line that you can text me. I'm going to just tell you who's all listening. We've got Brother... Johnson listening from Apache Junction, Arizona. We've got the Willises tuned in tonight. Good to have them here in Dickinson. The Bretts family is listening tonight. Good to have them listening. I got to see Sister Bretts in church yesterday. That was, or today, I should say, that was awesome. Uh, we've got the uh, Millers listening in Golva, North Dakota. Uh, Brother Phil Gingrich is listening. I think he might be home by now. He's driving was driving from Yuma. I don't know if he's home or not. I saw that you tried to call me earlier, Brother Phil, but I had a house full of company, and I was in the middle of a um, pretty serious Scrabble game, which I took third place out of four. When I could have taken first, of course, but I was trying to let some of my grandchildren feel better about themselves, so I let them get ahead of me. We have Nathaniel listening in uh, uh, Park River, North Dakota, Brother Griffith, Faithful listener out in Great Falls, Montana. We have some uh, some people listening in Bowman tonight. We've got um, Sister Marin and Sister Yvonne listening. The um, we uh, just got a good report from our team that went to Newtown today. We've got some a man that goes to Newtown and and helps hold services there, and they said they had twenty six people in church in Newtown. That was exciting, and glad to hear that. Tonight, we are going to, uh, it is Easter, happy Easter, and uh, hey, Tim and Tammy are listening tonight in North Carolina. Good to have them with us. They are some 
regular listeners, faithful listeners. And so good to have all of you listening. Again, if you let me want to let me know you're listening, 701-290-7862. They keep coming in. And so um, good to have all of you that are tuned in. I'm going to talk about on the radio tonight what I talked about in church, or loosely anyway. Might be a little different tonight, of course. Um, kind of kind of not really an Easter message, but um, we we preach about Easter all year long. We uh, At the New Life Pentecostal Church, we're not like... The holidays, um, you know, we certainly recognize the holidays as far as people, um, you know, Easter is a, a day that we especially commemorate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but I think all Christians do that all the time. And so it's just a, a day that uh, many people uh, com- commemorate it. Of course, it, it's another day for family get-togethers. I'm not against that. Same with Christmas, same with all of our holidays. Um, I think you know, people from the United States don't take advantage of their families enough, and they should, you know, so these are all good things. But if you forgive me tonight, it may not be like an Easter message for the radio. Is that all right? You know, the the Scripture uh, talks about, and I'll, I'll kind of get right into it. Um, oh, maybe I won't get right into it, but the uh, my wife and I was just going to mention this, too. We were... In California this week, we went to speak at a marriage retreat out in the uh, San Jose area and met a lot of nice people down there. We've got some friends that live in that area, in uh, Carmel, which is kind of a nice area there. And my wife and I, the marriage retreat was a Thursday night and a Friday night. And she taught two sessions, and I taught four times. And we were just so blessed to go, and, and, and the, we rented a car about two days before the marriage retreat. We flew in on a Tuesday, and we got to put on about eleven hundred miles and travel all over California. And what a what a beautiful state that was. We went from uh, from the ocean to the desert to to the Death Valley Desert to the to the mountains there where Mammoth is, where all the skiing is. We went up that way. Uh, just really had a great time. Visited a really good church in Bakersfield, and then also this church in Watsonville, California where we did the marriage retreat, met a really great pastor there. Uh, Brother Coke is his name, and just uh, really pleased to see what he's doing, reaching all these people that they're reaching. They've um, got a heart for souls and, and interesting people coming to church and a lot of new converts there. We were just excited about that. So my wife and I had a great week. We really did. And we got back late last night. We didn't want to miss our Easter service because traditionally we have a lot of visitors on Easter, which we did this Easter too, and as I said, a meal afterwards. So, uh, but it is good good to be back home. It is. Uh, it's good to be be home, and uh, kind of focus our our attention now to the Dickinson area. We've got tonight. I want to kind of talk about something found. It's something that I've talked about a lot. In fact, I put together a Bible study on it. It's a one lesson Bible study. I'm not going to teach it on the air tonight. But it's based on Mark chapter 12 and verses, starting with verse 28. One of the scribes, having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that Jesus had answered them well, he asked him, what is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. 
as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribes said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth. I'm sure that made Jesus feel good. Of course, he already, he already knew that, didn't he? He said, For there is one God, there is none other but he, and to love him with all the heart and the, all the understanding and with all the soul and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. Now, the reason I read all that is because, you know, this Bible study that I put together many, many years ago, we have it printed out in a really nice glossy format. It's not just nine scriptures long. It's kind of a short Bible study to teach people how to come to God. But it's all built upon the greatest commandment. And what I bring out in this Bible study is that the greatest to, to be the greatest sinner in the world, I believe you would need to break the greatest commandment. And so the greatest sinner in the world isn't necessarily the, the evil person that hurts others. That's not necessarily, even though that is a terrible sin. But the greatest sinner in all the world would be one that does not love God with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I, the reason I'm starting here tonight, and, and I'm going to get into what I talked about in our church service today, is to really understand uh, the mind of God when it comes to judgment and when it comes to his anger towards people. And yes, God does get angry towards people. Um, here again, um, I think this selection of selected passages of scriptures without reading the whole counsel of God is very dangerous. But let me let me read Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 through 6. This is part of the Ten Commandments. He said, I am the Lord thy God, which have which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. I'll just stop there for just a second. Um, this is very, very strong wording. Don't use statues or any type of symbolic thing in your worship to God. Don't don't do that. Um, God's never been into it. He calls it idolatry. The worship of God is word based. It's not visual based. But anyway, let me go on. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. And so here we kind of get into the heart of God, like the um, the picture of God, of his, his um, concepts, that he's a jealous God. He doesn't want you to uh, love anything more than him. And he even uses the word here that, that he's going to pass judgment on those that hate him. That's very, very interesting. And then he says he's going to show mercy unto the thousands of them, unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Now, the part I want you to kind of notice here is that he says visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generations of them that hate me. That seems a little unfair. Because we read in Ezekiel chapter 18, 
It says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. And so, which one is it? I mean, is 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 he going to punish the children, the grandchildren, and even the great-grandchildren of those that hate God? And then in Ezekiel it says, it's only the soul that sinneth. That's the one that I'm going to punish. He said, the father isn't going to have to bear the iniquity of the son. In other words, if your son does something stupid, doesn't mean you should be punished for that. And he said, and if the father does something stupid, doesn't mean the son should be punished for that. Notice he goes on to say, but and I know I was reading out of Ezekiel here a while back, but if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he hath committed and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live, he shall not die. All his transgressions that he has committed shall not be mentioned unto him, in his righteousness that he hath done, he shall live. Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked shall die, saith the Lord God, and not that he should return from his ways and live? Of course, the answer is no. God does not have any pleasure in the death of the wicked. He doesn't have any pleasure that anyone would be lost. And he didn't have any pleasure that these people that were angering him so much in the Old Testament would be destroyed. But is there a discrepancy here? when the Scripture says visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation in Deuteronomy, and in Ezekiel, the son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. I'm very, very interested in the way that God looks at all this. And I love taking two Scriptures that say seem to say kind of different things and, um, and then kind of <coughs> explaining it. Well, I'm going to explain it here in a little bit. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. They told me I had to accept the Lord. He would be my personal Savior. By faith, He'd come into my heart. But I couldn't really know for sure. And I remember that Bible study To teach me about the Trinity They said it was beyond my reach In fact, it was an unexplainable mystery I think I got more than they told me about I think I got more than they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. They said that slowly I would grow. Gradually I would reduce my sinning. Nobody's perfect, they said nervously. Even if there's no change, you're still winning. And the religion professor at the university said the day of miracles had ended. Things were different now, not so spectacular. That emotional stuff had been transcended. I think I got more than they told me. I think I got more than they told me 
about. I think I got more than they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. Thank God there's more than what they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. I'm glad there's more to get than what they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. Huh. Pastor Bob here, the Tell It Like It Is show. I will not even comment on that song. The uh, I've left off here today, and thank you so much, all of you texting tonight. Good to have you listening. Appreciate you listening. I haven't read everybody, but um, we've got uh, the Millers listening from Yuma, Arizona tonight. We have some Burlings listening in Wishick. These are good friends of ours. We have uh, Brother Fuller on board tonight. Good to have him. So people spread out all over the place. The um, I got Brother, um, let's see, who is this? Well, Brother Johnson saying he's been down to that Carmel area. There's a highway there called Highway 17. Have you ever driven that, Brother Johnson? That uh, that was crazy. I mean, it was the most twisty, curvy. High speed highway. There was retwi- there was giant concrete walls on both sides. Uh, I drove down this and I had rented a really nice car. It was a Volvo S60. I mean, really fun car to drive. And I was I felt like I was on a racetrack. Speed limit said fifty, but nobody was going fifty. When I got down that highway, when I got to church that night, I said, "What's the deal with this highway 17?" And they all laughed at me and said, or some of them laughed at me and said, "Yeah, a lot of people die on that highway." I couldn't wait to drive it on the way back home, and I did. And I, I will tell you this: they would not need to make a rule to stay off your cell phone on that road, because even if you took your eyes off the road for a second, you'd be dead or cause somebody else to be dead. Anyway, my wife had my wife and I had a great trip. I was glad I was not on my motorcycle on that road. I drove my motorcycle to the studio tonight, but I around Dickinson. That's a pretty easy drive compared to some of that stuff. We're talking about. Why does it say in Deuteronomy, or in Exodus, I'm sorry, that God said he'll visit the sins of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generation? But in the book of Ezekiel, it says that everybody will just have to pay for their own sin. And this is interesting stuff to me, and there's a couple things I want to bring out to you, to your attention tonight to look at. Number one, when God says, when he was so angry at these people that hated him, he said, and I want you to notice that, said they hated me, he said that he'll he'll punish up to the third and fourth generation. The reason for that is, unfair as this may seem, what the parents do, the children do pay for. They do. It's a, it's a natural result. Like, like for instance, in, in the Old Testament time, when God brought judgment because of what the parents did, there were children and grandchildren there that didn't do those things, but they were part of what happened. They were part of the judgment. That's just the way it worked. Whether you like it or not, that's the way it worked. And it's still the way it works today. Parents that do a good job raising their kids, parents that um, pay attention to 
trying to bring up their children in the ways of God, the children are blessed. Parents that, you know, are high all the time and, uh, you know, committing adultery all the time and off goofing around all the time, the children are cursed. That's just the way it works. And so don't get too angry at God or don't say, well, that's unfair, because that's the way life works. Secondly, the Bible says this. It says, to them that hate me. And this is what I want to bring to your attention tonight. I heard Brother Von Pearson talk about this not too long ago, and and, um, it just kind of made me think. There's a difference between those that fail God and those that hate God. There's a difference between the frailty of man and the intentional sinning that people do and don't care about God. They don't care about what God thinks. They're not interested in God, what God would say. They're going to do what they want to do, and they don't really care about God. And whether you were raised knowing God and have fallen away, or whether you never knew God, you're still going to have to pay for this. Because I believe that God has put something within all of us, a some type of a hunger to know him. And we can keep saying no, we can keep saying no, we can keep saying no to that hunger. And finally, you can burn your conscience to where you don't even think about it anymore. But you're still not operating in innocence. You see, there's a difference between those that just fail God because of human frailty and them that hate God, those that have forgotten God. Now I'm not gonna I'm not condoning sin here. I'm not saying it's okay to have human frailty. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I'm gonna tell you this, we do. <laughs> we do. You know, I mean I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not i I'm not telling you to use it as an excuse to sin. But we do there is such a thing as human frailty, and I believe God understands that. In the Old Testament, if if King David got upset at you know and, and he was he was rushing off to kill Nabal and all of his descent all of his male descendants because he had offended David, David lost his temper, and Abigail luckily caught him in time before he did this terrible thing. But I know that God understands temper. He understands human frailty. I'm not condoning it. I'm not. But to intentionally, when you're not, you know, even 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 our society, even our justice system knows the difference between a crime of passion versus a crime that has intent. To get a first degree murder charge, I've got a friend that that uh, that I used to work for me, and we're still friends. He writes me letters from prison. But he went over to his ex-girlfriend's house to visit his children, and his best friend was now living with his ex-girlfriend. Well, it was his ex-girlfriend. It shouldn't have bothered him. But he went home. He got a gun. He came back, and he killed him. He killed this guy. And he got arrested, and he got put in prison, and he'll never get out. And the reason he'll never get out is because if he would have just went over there and killed the guy, he probably could get out. He'd have just got mad and killed the guy. 
But he went home and got a gun, and that proved that he had premeditation. And the justice system says, that's really bad. In other words, you had time to cool down, and you still went home and got a gun and came back and killed the guy. And even though he's my friend, and even though he has been refilled with the Holy Ghost, and I believe he's going to heaven, he uh, committed a terrible crime. And really should never get out of jail. Even though I believe he's been changed, but you still got to pay for your crime. And God understands this difference, too. That's why tonight what I'm telling you is, if you mess up, don't quit. See, it's the quitters that are going to be lost. You know, I've been living for God in this Pentecostal way now for 42 years. And I've seen a lot of good things. I've seen a lot of good things. A lot of wonderful people. My very best friends. But I have not entirely seen perfection in God's people either, including myself. But I have seen a desire to get back up again when they fall. I've seen a desire to do that. You see, when it comes to God, quitters are not going to win. In fact, when it comes to anything, quitters aren't going to win. I hope, you know, this is kind of a weird tell it like it is radio show tonight. I hope you don't think I'm condoning anything. I'm not. I'm not condoning sin. I'm not condoning uh, even, you know, uh, sins of passion. I'm not. But what I'm telling you is this. There's a difference between intentionally turning your back on God versus being a human. Proverbs chapter 24 says this about a righteous or a just man. It said, A just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. The reason you can tell whether a man is just or whether he's unjust is not necessarily always exactly by what he does, but how he responds to what happens. Like, for instance, a just man, somebody might hit a just man in the nose and he might lose his temper. But the just man will come back and apologize. The unjust man, the wicked, he's going to fall into mischief, the Scripture says. You know, this um, brother... Johnson said, failing is not the same thing as quitting. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. You know, there is human frailty amongst God's people, including uh, yours truly. And here again, I'm not trying to condone anything that I'm planning on doing because I'm not. You know what? If you're trying to, con- if you're going to use this message to condone sinning, that is premeditation. But, you know, this, this idea that, that, um, oh, Pastor Bob, you know, we went to a Pentecostal church and we saw some flawed people there. What, what do you think you're smarter than I am? You don't think I saw that? But I'll tell you what else I saw is flawed people that are not only are they righteous, but they want to be righteous. And that's the difference. 
See, a, this this God, not only does he desire us to be righteous, but it's deeper than that. He desires that we desire to be righteous. Even in failure, we desire to be righteous. That's God's people. And that's what it means to, to turn your heart towards God. Because your human body is sinful. But when you turn your heart, that's what Paul was talking about. He says, when I died daily, there was a battle going on inside of his, his, his body. There are two natures. There's this spiritual nature. There's this carnal nature. Whichever one you feed is going to be the strongest. That's why we can't be arrogant. That's why Paul said, if any man thinks he standeth, take heed, lest he fall. In other words, we're on guard. I think it was John Wesley that said, if, if I, um, if I had, what did he say? If I had a hundred men that loved nothing but God and feared nothing but sin, he said, I could shake this old world. <laughs> I like that. You know, love nothing but God, feared nothing but sin. Why would we fear sin? Because we're flesh. We got to be on guard. One of the greatest tools Satan has ever used lately, or maybe ever, is to try to get people not to believe that he exists. In this scientific world, of the United States of America, we don't even believe in demon possession anymore, but it exists. We don't even believe that that there's a tempter and an enemy of our souls, but he exists. And because we don't believe in him, we think we thought of all this stuff ourselves. But he's alive and well, and he wants to destroy you. This song is a very, very interesting song. It's sung by a guy named Keith Green, who's dead now. But he pretends like he's the devil. And he says, no one believes in, him, in me anymore. Great lyrics, great piano playing, too. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. Some truth in every lie to tickle itching ears. You know, I'm drawing people just like flies because they like what they hear. I'm gaining power by the hour, the falling by the score. You know, it's getting very simple now. Guaranteed. 
truth within And as your life slips by You'll believe the lie That you're dead and on your own But don't worry I'll be there to help you share Well, I do. In some ways, I met the devil before I met met God. That's interesting. Boy, that, did that backfire on him. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Happy Easter. Thank you for all the texting that I'm getting tonight. You can be part of the program by texting me 701-290-7862. We've got the Frost family listening in Florida tonight. We've got... Um, We've got Brother Johnson texting me a lot of good stuff. Zach and Leah listening in Fargo. And let's see, did I miss anybody here? I think so. Anyway, I guess I can't. Oh, Brother Jones is listening. Tell it, he says. Brother Jones, my good friend, listening in Minneapolis, where I was at out in California. He's a legend out there, Brother Jones. That's kind of an interesting story. Why? In fact, we both are. So um, there's a young man out there that he was a brand-new convert and here in Dickinson, and so, of course, memory makes the heart grow fonder, and he uh, thinks I'm the greatest guy, and he and Brother Jones also used to come and preach to our— we had a youth revival, and we had many young people come to church. Uh, we had a—it was it was amazing. We, In fact, people would attend our services sometimes and say, what is this, some type of college outreach? Because we were close to the college back then. I go, no, this is just the group of people that we have. And um, and Brother Lawrence was one of those young men, and he thinks Brother Jones and I are all right. I told him, Brother Jones, that maybe that would be best if he'd just think that, because if you got, you know, if you go around us, you'll find out we're human a little bit. So maybe not you, but I am. Whew. Well, we are talking about the difference between intentional sin and frailty. Um, we're also talking about how God... Uh, is upset when we intentionally won't listen to him, when we intentionally won't believe him. The Old Testament, there were two things that got God upset. Number one is what I've been talking about, intentionally setting up idols to other gods, for instance, intentionally sacrificing their children to these other gods. 
intentionally uh, bringing the worship, this pagan worship, and mixing it with the true worship. That upset God a lot, even to the point where he allowed Israel to be destroyed, Jerusalem to be ransacked, sacked several times. Um, it, it, it really did. It was more than just human frailty that upset God. Also, what upset God is when people wouldn't believe him. He, uh, you, you can read this when they, when he, when they said, uh, you know, go into the promised land. I'll be with you. They said, we can't. They're too big there. We can't do that. Well, that upset God. It, it really did. And it still does today. When you intentionally will not believe God, you won't have faith in God. You, you worry about everything. I know what worries about. I'm not just pointing fingers here. But you, we've got to start intentionally believing God. We, we have to start intentionally walking like God's helping us. You know, there are people that say things, and I'm, I'm sure I used to say things like this. I try not to say things like this. But they'll say things like this. Well, the doctors have done all they can do. I guess we're, I guess we're just going to have to pray now. Think about that. How does that make God feel? I know what you mean. I know what I meant when I used to say those things. But, you know, it's, that's backwards. You know, we have to believe God. It's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible. And if you want to lose out with God, start walking around in doubt. Start walking around like it's not going to work. Start walking around like God isn't going to hear your prayers. You can claim to be a Christian, but you can still be an atheist in your heart. Now, I don't even know if you realize how hard of a statement that is. But you can claim to be a believer. You can quote the Scriptures but not believe it. And that has always frustrated God. It frustrated God in the Old Testament, whether it was the prophets that called on kings to do something and they wouldn't believe it. It frustrated uh, Jesus when he walked this earth, when people wouldn't believe. And in the New Testament also. This, what I'm speaking about here today, I'm talking about, yes, there's frailty. Yes, there may be times of fear in our life. But when we start acting upon those fears and intentionally doing things, I think that's where the problem is. This COVID-19 thing. You know, California, uh, I mean, I met some wonderful people there, and don't think I'm talking about any of the people that I was hanging out with. Please don't. But I could not believe the fear 
or what looked like fear that people were operating with out in California. I was just there, my wife and I. Not only were they wearing masks indoors, but even outdoors. And there were signs up that says a $100 fine if you don't wear your mask. Now, this was outdoors I saw these signs. And I thought, you know what? I got an extra $100 in my pocket. I want to get a fine. So I didn't put my mask on outside. Now, that some of that has to do with being an American. I know that. But, I mean, because it just seems like something wrong with that as an American. But, and here again, if you, if you wear a mask, that's fine. I, I'm not criticizing you. I mean, you and I have a difference of opinion on this. That's fine. It's America. But I'm telling you, much of that is motivated by fear. I mean, in the in the in Mark chapter 16, the Bible says that He could protect us even if we drink some poisonous thing, or even accidentally pick up a serpent or a, a poisonous snake. You don't think He could protect you from a virus? Let me just tell you this: We all do have to die sometime, and I'm going to die of something. I am. But I don't want to spend my life walking around in fear. I don't know about you, but I don't. That's why we never did close our church down during the pandemic. We never did. You know, I mean, and we were, people were upset with us. People claimed we were trying to kill everybody. Maybe some of you are listening to you. Now you're doing everything we were doing back then. And I'm, I know it sounds like I'm being defensive, but, and maybe I am. But what's changed in this last year? The COVID-19 is still there. People are still getting sick. And now you're doing all the things that you said we shouldn't do a year ago, and you're doing it. That's hypocritical, but let me just tell you this. It's also what was going on back then was motivated by fear. The book of Proverbs says that a man, it was talking about a certain man that wouldn't go out of his house, he said, because there's a lion in the street. There's a lion in the street. And there probably was. But I'd rather be killed by a lion than starve to death. How did I get off on this? Did somebody send me a text or somebody? Maybe not. You know... I'm not saying we should be stupid. Don't don't take me wrong on that. I'm not saying we should drive 150 miles an hour because God will protect us. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is this uh, pandemic of fear that has gripped and is still gripping a lot of people, I mean a lot of people, to the point where they're angry at people that walk outside. You're, you're risking our lives. I read a a sad story about, I don't even know if she's been let out of jail yet, a late a Polish lady that owned a restaurant in Michigan was arrested because she, wouldn't ref, she refused to close her restaurant. They arrested her, and the judge said, you're so selfish, you're endangering everybody's life, and I'm not even going to let you post bail until you tell us that you're going to abide by our rules. All she was trying to do was make a living, and her employees... We have got, you know, I'm I'm way off. Oh, you know what? I gotta I gotta get back on this. All right, everybody, let's get back to the topic here. But what I'm telling you is that God 
is angry and hurt when we don't trust him. When we are intentional in it. You know, I've never talked about giving money on this program. I'm not really planning on it now. But in our church, people tithe. They give 10% of their income to the work of God. Now, Pastor Bob doesn't draw a salary from the church. I've got a business that I've done real well at all my life, but there's nothing wrong with pastors that do draw a salary from the church. But some people can't tithe because they're afraid that they're going to need the money. You probably should put you probably should put a little more trust in God than that. You know, so we've got to we've got to intentionally walk with God. You know, and this I, I'm telling you that when it says visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generations of them that hate me, he went on to say showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. And so here's how we turn this around. You start loving God. You start loving God and keeping his commandments. And what's going to happen next? You're going to become recipients of God's mercy. Coming to God and repenting has more to do than just saying words, but it has to do with changing our actions also. It's not just about godly sorrow, because the Bible says godly sorrow leads us to repentance. Repentance is not just saying the sinner's prayer. Now, if it's certainly well felt and well meant and sincere, that's a good start. I still don't think you should make up the words for people. But real repentance starts by a turning around. Like it says here, he will show mercy to them that love him and keep his commandments. If you want the mercy of God, you've got to turn some things around. Are you still going to be frail as a human? Yes, you will. But your heart will be, your heart's desirable to do that which is right. And if you do that which is wrong, you're going to be sorry and repent for it. You know, this, um, you know, and anyone can do this. I don't care who you are. You know, if you think that you've done so much wrong, or maybe you even said, well, I even told God I hated him, and your first part of the program said, I'm done. No, I didn't. You're still alive. Why don't you take a chance on God's mercy? You know what? Why don't you? Anyone who wants to can have this. I was preaching out in, um, I was my wife and I were teaching at this marriage retreat in Watsonville, California. And I said something about men. I had just the men in my session, and I said, some people think a real man is somebody that sleeps with a whole bunch of different women drives a Harley-Davidson, and can beat up a bunch of people. And this guy yelled out while I was saying that. He goes, who told him about me? 
Did you guys tell him about me? Come to find out he was a man that just got out of the Hell's Angels there in California. He was able to leave, which is not an easy thing to do. Yes, even that man can turn it around. God has got mercy if people are willing to show God that they're willing to turn around. Mercy is God's weak spot, if I could say it that way. As angry as God gets at sin, when he sees a person willing to truly be sorry for his sin and truly begin to try to turn his life around, at that point, God's heart begins to melt. You say, well, how do I know that? I know that for a lot of reasons. You know, this... um, When I look at Jonah, uh, judgment was coming to Nineveh. Of course, Jonah went there to warn them. And so he didn't really warn them to turn around. He just came to tell them God's going to destroy this city. He's going to destroy everything in this city. That's what Jonah's message was. What a wonderful message. The people thought, they believed what Jonah said, and they thought, this is what they said in Jonah 3, verse 9, who can tell? If God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger and we per- that we perish not. And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil that he had said he would do unto them and he did it not. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was very angry and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before before unto Tarshish? For I knew that thou art a gracious God, and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Jonah said, The reason I tried to get away from doing what you wanted me to do, God, is because I hated these Ninevites, and I knew that you were a God of mercy, and I was pretty sure if they repented, you'd forgive them. You know what? Jonah knew that. A lot of the Old Testament prophets knew that. I know that. The people in our church know that. You know what? Why don't you start believing it? Turn this thing around. If I'm talking to a backslider here that used to know God and you think that you've gone too far, turn it around now. Turn it around. That's what he wants you to do. You know, don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that he's not going to forgive you. He will forgive you. That's what Easter's all about. Jesus died on a cross as the perfect sacrifice for our sins so we could be forgiven. But I'll tell you who's not going to heaven is the quitters. They're not going. I wish I could, um, maybe I can find it here. Um, let's see, where's my text from Matt, Dr. Re- Matt Ramsey tonight? Yeah. He said, you can lose a fight, but you can't win a surrender. <laughs> I like that. that. That summed up my whole message today. You can lose a fight. In other words, yeah, there's human frailty. But you can't win a surrender. If you quit, you're done. 
You know, don't quit. Just get back up. I have said this for years. I'm going to say it again, and I'll say it again if I live another day probably. The only difference between the people that are going to heaven and the people that won't are the people that are going to heaven just keep getting back up. They just keep getting back up. You can't stop them. That's what Micah was talking about when he said, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. Micah chapter 7 and verse 8. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I'm trying to give some Easter hope to somebody here today. That's my desire. Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church. 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. It's right on Interstate 94. It's right up in the same area as El Sombrero Restaurant, the Comfort Inn. In fact, the Comfort Inn is in our parking lot. That's our motel we use to put people up in. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. Sunday mornings at 10 is Sunday school. 11 is our worship service. Friday mornings at 6 a.m. we have a men's Bible study at the church, usually something to eat, so at least coffee for sure. 6 a.m. anyone, everyone is welcome if you're a man. It's a men's Bible study. Um, so if you're a woman, you can't come. So there. It's just for men. On Tuesday night in Beach at 7.30 at the Beach Community Center, we're, we've got a building there. We're, we've got to get that remodeled into a church. We have plans to do that. Thursday night in Bowman, 18 North Main, Bowman. That's the uh, that Pentecost Church, 730. We have uh, Sister Yvonne and Sister Marin listening tonight from that church. Down in Bowman, that's southwest of Dickinson. And we um, would love to have you come and visit us. They also have a service at 1030 on Sunday mornings. I don't know if I have any other announcements to make necessarily. Um, a lot of people are texting me. Brother Ron from Beulah, Sister Stacy from Minot. We have, um, let's see, we've got Brother Jones texting me some things and the Frosts. We have Brother Johnson still texting me. Good, good to have all of you guys listening tonight. Hopefully that made sense. I hope you don't use that to try to condone your sin, but I want you to know that God wants us to intentionally serve him and give it everything we've got and a desire to be right with God and not just um, some kind of words that we said a prayer a long time ago. You know, that that's not what he's interested in. So we got to make up our mind. Pastor Bob is going to sign off. There are probably still some of my family left at my house, so who knows, I might go see them. Lord willing, I'll be back next Sunday night, 7.30, or no, 8.06, excuse me, for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. Thank you so much for listening tonight. Don't you know You got 
to have a made up mind uh, If indecision has pained your heart Hold on to the truth Make a new start, don't you know You got to have a made up mind Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.